Happy Tuesday, angels. Happy Tuesday, right? So, over the last few episodes that I've been doing, I talk about how pretty much open with the world is on fire. The earth is destroying itself. (laughs) But the fact is, we already know that all hell's breaking loose. There's a lot going on. But one of the most important things is that we have to focus on how we are acting, what we are doing, how we are going to impact the future, how our offspring, how our relatives and the way we love each other and is going to impact the future, right? So as we're moving about the world, we're driving around, etc., people are driving like they're out of their mind, like, you know, crashing. You know, we have these school shooters that are shooting up places. We have so much happening and it's because people are tired. People are demonic. People are blah, 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 right? So one of the most interesting things, I was watching the Breakfast Club um, episode of uh, the Wayans brother, Marlon. And he's the baby way. And I don't know if a lot of people listen, like the younger generations might not even know who they are. But um, the Wayans family are a, you know, legendary, historical black family (laughs) from the 80s that um, just came in the scene. And I remember when the brother Keenan first came out, I believe he was in I'm going to get you sucker walking around with those damn. And I don't know if he had the platform shoes with the fish in them. (laughs) But somebody did. And um, it was just a crazy, crazy show. So nonetheless, there was a lot of like buffoonery and suckery and stuff like that. And um, and then it led to ultimately living in living color, where all the family members just started showing up. And we love Damon, men on films, <laughs> you know, <laughs> or, um, you know, just just the craziness. It was so funny in living color. If you can, if you haven't seen those episodes because you didn't grow up in the eighties or you were too little to get to see it, you know, go ahead and, um, YouTube it. Cause I'm sure you can find it. Or maybe they'll start showing them on Netflix cause it was just funny, but that's not what I want to talk about. I want to talk about something that I was fascinated about Wayne being the youngest brother. He's very hungry you know, for success in just be doing what he loves, which is comedy. He said he loves to make people laugh and he's so mean. Oh my gosh. That episode, if you haven't gotten a chance to see Drink Champs, you can find it on YouTube. Um, the link is in their bio on Instagram if you're on there. But, you know, <laughs> it is... It was really good and it was really funny. It was like a stand-up. It was so noisy. I didn't realize how noisy it was until I was in on Easter Sunday. I was in the kitchen with my kids and we were all cooking together. And um, I was like, you want to listen to Drink Champs? It's like a stand-up show for free. And it was just so chaotic <laughs> and loud that we found ourselves screaming over it, trying to talk to each other. And finally, I just put it off and put some music on because it was just a little too much. But it was still funny in the beginning, like they were cracking up. But for me, I really enjoyed it. But it was more than just funny. What was interesting is some of the things that he was talking about. Like, remember, one of the things that I enjoy about Jinx Tamps is, like, the premise is that, you know, you're coming to get wasted and talk shit. 
Okay. We're not expecting order or, you know, intelligent, intellectual. We're not expecting that, even though we might get a little of that. Some people get a little um, more deep when they drink. But it was an interesting setup. I'm not sure like who the people were that were at the table, but it was just a funny, interesting setup. So there was apparently a guy that I don't know who he was and he had like a glass eye and he was very like, you know, like he had like a funny feminine voice a little bit. Like he would always be like, ah, cracking up laughing. Like one of my friends used to do from Harlem and um, like, he'd be just screaming. Like you wouldn't even know who's screaming like that, but it would be him. And it's just damn funny. And Marlon would just be like, Oh, look how your eye is sweating underneath that plastic eye. Oh my God. Wipe it. <laughs> <laughs> he's just horrible horrible i mean horrible gosh don't have any low self-esteem playing with marlon because he will tear you to shreds so what i wanted to also talk about besides like what are the some of the interesting things that's why i want you guys to go check it out because there was a lot going on but um i met a lot of celebrities in the 90s and um i worked you know got to interact through my job at Big Dog Films, but before that, I was a manager of a salon in Tribeca, and it was a really nice salon. It was very high-end black salon, and it was very pretty, and um, it was called The Pyramid, and it was literally right in the smack dead middle of Tribeca, and so um, this lady, a light-skinned lady, kind of found her way in there. Um, I remember I was at the front, and this lady was coming down the street and she just looked like she might have been chatting with herself a little bit. And she was like a little out of sorts. Her hair looked totally crazy to be in that environment. And she was an ultra, ultra light black woman. And her hair was pretty gray, light, blonde with white hairs in it. And she was just very, um, she was an older woman, but she was just like something, she was just out of sorts is what I noticed myself. And everybody was talking about her and stuff, but I just wanted to spoil her. She said she lived in the area and I didn't even know who she was. Like, I didn't know she was the Wayans mother. Yes, it turns out she was the Wayans mother until they were taking her information down to put in to the computer at the end of her visit. And it turns out, like, she said something Wayans. And I was just like, oh, I wonder if that was the Wayans mom. And then later on, we find out it was the Wayans mom. And, and you know, she talked about her kids. She talked about, like, just everything. And she was really funny. And the interesting thing is, once I was listening to Marlon talking about her, he was saying that she's, like, one of the funniest people, period. And that she would, um, like, how can you make a different joke against your man for 60 years like you know her and her husband were married forever and he was like she was saying how do you have a new joke you know like to be like you know you're a stupid like whatever it was and, and it was nothing insulting he said but it was just a joke and it was probably insulting <laughs> because they were funny and so um I was fascinated because I got a chance to meet her and in getting to meet her I got a chance to spoil her and I wondered, often wondered later on after I realized who she was, I wondered if she remembered me. I wondered if I made an impact on her. And, you know, I often laugh about the fact that I'm like blackballed from the industry for leaving the industry, sliding out to make sure that my son had a mom taking him to kindergarten because my husband worked nights and he wasn't going to be available. And we didn't want our son with a babysitter. And even though I would have been ultimately doing whatever and making whatever, at the time, I was not making a lot of money, even though I'd just gotten to direct a video. But it just wasn't like I was making a lot of money all the time. And 
I can't even imagine. I think I made a promise that I wasn't going to sacrifice my son for money and when I was pregnant. So now this was the chance to see if I was going to hold to my covenant or whatever. And so I slid out and I did. I wanted to move back to California because that's where all my family was and I would have help. And, you know, I thought even though they're maniacs and I probably was never going to let him go near anybody. <laughs> but um, but the bottom line is that I um, I just did not leave the industry for any other reason except for that I really needed to mother my son And, you know, I remember when I left, I left a note for my boss, like I gave her a note and I was like, you know, you're mean, you know, and it's true. All the things I said to her, they were true things. She was very rude to me. She was very mean. And even though I guess that was her love language and I'm not a New Yorker, I'm a California girl. So love language is a little different for me. If you're mean to me, if you're like insulting me, if you're doing certain things and you don't want to pay me real money, Lord God in heaven, you know, I'm a grown ass woman living in New York City. $350 a week is not real money for a full time job, ladies and gentlemen, who are making millions. Meanwhile, I'm doing rat folders and getting them like hundreds and thousands and millions of dollars. And I'm saving the money when the two Jewish sisters were trying to steal and get a double check for a project. God knows how many times they did that. But the fact is, is that I was always an asset, period. And I don't care what anybody says. I don't have time. And if people want to blackball me, I don't really care because the world's coming down to um, who loves God and who doesn't. So what you have and all the money you have and your position and all those things won't matter. What will matter is love. And that's what I want to get to. One of the things that I really appreciate about the Wayans family and I don't, I didn't want to really speak on it. That's why I took a couple of days to do it because I don't want them to be focused on, but it seems like they pretty much, the father was rooted in his relationship and it seems like they're able to hold it together through love and love is important. And honestly, we don't even know what it's like inside the house <laughs> or what it was like with the family. I just know it seems like he was putting all his family members on. And so it reminded me of another family that I really loved in New York and they were a big black family and they were um, a family that was very close knit. Like they always got together, you know, all their like events, they got together, holidays, they got together. They always did things together. But on the inside, it was very chaotic, frankly, for me. And they told me the stories of how it was difficult growing up and stuff, having 10 kids, et cetera, et cetera. So I never really tripped on them in judgment wise. I was just loving them. And that's what I do. And that's what I do with my family. I love my family very much. But when I saw, when I brought my son, there was a big event we had. I went to California. I brought my son, my husband and I came to California and it was for Thanksgiving. I did a big Thanksgiving dinner you know, stayed with my brother. That was crazy, but it was still a positive, you know, ultimately I just pulled all the positive out. And then we left there and went to go stay with a cousin and I loved her very much, but you know, our family just has a very toxic and I don't mean to insult them. I love them very much, but they have a very toxic way about each other, like tearing each other down instead of building each other up, instead of finding ways to build you up, instead of finding ways to be a certain positive way, they would be saying it with a funny smile. Like it's funny. But to me, once I got away from all that and I got to live with Rory, where I wasn't with his evil, crazy family, it was just he and I, we weren't doing that to each other. And so It was just like, okay, so that's not normal. And then in the books I read in how to stay positive and how to build your mind and be a certain way, that wasn't the kind of thing that you needed to do or be around to be great. 
So I wasn't going to, so my son, I remember um, when we were visiting, like when we were at the first house, he was just always like, he was very cranky and crying and instead of whooping and punishing on him, I was like, don't worry, we're going to get you out of here. And they're like, what's wrong? My auntie was like, you know, she's like very spiritual. She's like, you need to get him out that red shirt. It's got him feeling angry. (laughs) But, you know, it was just a lot of energy there, a lot of energy. It was a lot of like you know, very dangerous energy for him as a child in that environment. And so we scoot over to my cousin's house and, um, and she didn't have anybody living with her at the time. It was somebody staying, like her boyfriend would come and visit and I didn't trust him. He was like weird. And so, um, but my son was only like two and a half and he was very curious. He's like, she had these, I mentioned this, I'm sure in one of my podcasts, but he had this, my cousin had these, um, little, Uh, light fixtures that were put over like something you might get from Ikea and they were three-dimensional with fit characters you know like somebody dancing with wild hair and my son was overlooking like trying to see what was going on behind it so he was like pulling like using his little fingers to look my cousin's like Aina Aina he's doing something really bad now you gotta whoop him you gotta whoop him I'm like what I'm not whooping that's called curious but in my home, where we were always getting slapped in the mouth, beaten the head with a broom, like, you know, called crazy names, allowed to be harmed, put in situations with people who are harming us, you know, being just like drama, like it just wasn't safe. That is not normal, guys. That wasn't a normal environment. So I'm away from that environment and I'm headed towards the 15 minutes. I just want to just put this out there really quick. So in my family, it wasn't loving like that. But, you know, they wouldn't let anybody fight you. They would make sure you had something to eat. You know, like there were certain things that that was their love language, I'm realizing. Oh, my God. Like I was sitting in my living room and I hear my neighbor screaming at her children because they got locked out of the house. And the girl who's the oldest watching two other siblings that are younger than her is 11. And she looks tall. She's very frail, but she's very quiet and very well-mannered. But she's just freaking out and very afraid. And so the mom is home alone. She likes to get outside and walk the dog so she can be out and see. And so her kid, like the siblings snuck out behind her and she didn't know that. And they locked themselves out the house. So I hear the mother bugging out. Like she is like, the first thing she says to them is, where's your key? Like I hear her in the hallway screaming. Like it was, she was in the house with me. She's like, where's your key? Like what? It's in here. But you just left. You know, they got locked out because the, you had to leave work to come to the house. So why are we having this discussion? But the next thing she says, I feel like pun- I should just punch you in your fucking mouth. <gasps> what? I should punch you. And she said it again. And I was like, oh my God. And so um, I was listening for like over an hour. She was tearing into them. You know, she went in the house, closed my door. And then you could still hear her clearly. And she's yelling at them and she's flipping on them. And it's because she's overwhelmed and it's a lot. And, you know, the kids are a lot. And so I just didn't like the way she spoke to them. And so, and so, you know, I, later on, I was out with my husband. He's washing our cars and the girls came out and um, they were talking to me and I was talking back to them and I was entertaining them. And I was like, I heard everything that was going on. And I was like, what happened? You guys got locked out. And so they didn't, they were scared to really talk about it. Cause obviously they've been told not to talk about the things that go on in their house. But, um, it was like, okay, no problem. But I wanted them to know that I heard it. And you know, if you have an emergency, as long as nobody's eyes put out, blood's not drawn, you know, nobody's having a cardiac arrest where you need to call 911, you can knock on my door before you pull your mother out of her job. But um, so they seemed nice enough. But one of them, she was a little wild. She was, um, I think she's like um, a preschooler. And we met her when she was like two, I think. And so now she's like a preschooler. And she is like 
just the cutest little thing, right? Little brown skin thing. She cut her little dreads off. So now she has an afro, like her older sister cut her dreads off. So now she has afro and she wanted to do it too. And the other two sisters are pretty pale. The mother's pretty pale, but she's the brown one. And she is a, like out of her little mind. Like she's not listening. She doesn't listen at all, at all. Like my husband said, oh my God, we can't watch them anymore because she doesn't listen. So I made a point you know, to let them know because they had an event coming up the next day and they asked if I could take them to it because the mom was going to be at work. And I was like, absolutely. So I decided to make it a day where we didn't just take it to the event. I wanted to take them to this big park that Rory and I saw because we used to love to take our kids to the park. My husband would be driving down the whole city, finding better parks, you know, because we love to take our kids to the park. So now we don't have kids to go to the park. And so we're at the park taking a walk through the park and we see this park and we, I was like, oh, they would love that park. We should take that, you know, like, I say, you know, that would be a good park for them. So I decided we're going to take them to the park. My husband was like, what? And so we take them to the park. And um, and then I was like, I want to take them to grab something to eat and like make it a day. And he's like, what? I'm like, come on. And so while we're at the park, though, the little girl, she takes off running because she decides she wants water. But we don't know why she's running. She's headed towards the parking lot, it looks like. And my husband goes to take off and he can't run as fast because his knees aren't as beautiful as they used to be. And I ain't running. Okay, so I he goes, called her, Ina. <laughs> and she didn't listen. She just kept on going. Then she was trying to drink the water of strangers that were on the bench. She just grabbed it and was ready. And we were like, no. And she ran away trying to drink it. We had to track her down and snatch out her hand and throw it in the garbage. She snatched my water, ran off with it, and drank it. And it was just like, whoa. Okay, she doesn't listen. And so I explained to her when we were in the car before, while the sister, because I wouldn't let her go in with Rory and the sister, go get McDonald's. And so I don't eat it anymore. Just so you know, we were getting it for them because it was less money and that's what they desired. And so she, um, the little sister wanted to go in, but she doesn't listen. So she could not go. And so she's upset. She starts crying and she's really making it. And she starts throwing all the stuff out of her Easter egg back onto the floor that she saw us cleaning this car. So she really is a personality that doesn't have any shits to give. And I can't have anybody like that around me, kids or otherwise. And so, um, I explained to her very sweet and very calm that I can't, I will never put you in my car again. I will never take you anywhere. I will never, ever have you do anything ever again if you can't pull it together and she just couldn't like I you know they needed something happened to their little toy that came in their basket and so I took them to the store the dollar store and we tried to find it for them and when we couldn't find it she was having a fit and um I had to hold her hand because she wouldn't listen and her sisters didn't care so they wouldn't hold her hand and she wasn't going to run through that store and so she started trying to squeeze my hand she's a tiny little thing and she's trying to with everything she had looking at me so evil and mean and she's trying to squeeze my hand hurt me so I took you to the park no first I took you to the easter egg thing got you everything you needed and wanted and desired the, and she went missing she ran off for like I don't know five minutes we couldn't find her anywhere like during that time too because she was hard-headed so they find her everybody's looking for her, her tiny little self now um so we I took you to the easter egg thing I took you to the park now I'm take I took you to the store to grab something a toy and got them bubbles because they didn't have what they desired because it was just too big and the older sister was like hell no, and so I got them bubbles and then we were off to go grab them food and now you're gonna treat room, throw stuff in the car and talk crazy, yuck 
And so while I'm trying to calmly talk to her and express to her how her behavior was poor, her sister goes, she's a little kid. The little, the middle child is like trying to take up for her. And I said, shh, let me do my job. She said, what's your job? Like talking to me crazy. I was like, okay, listen, now you can't come either. So now I have decided that neither of them can come. So they get there. The big sister gets there. She's crying in the car. The other one's crying too. Now they had the best time of their day. They're just horrible. And it was horrible. And I just feel like I don't ever want to deal with them ever again. And so now they are coming to my door. They came to the door when my kids were home yesterday while we were getting or Sunday while we we're getting ready for Easter and you know just cooking and stuff and I didn't care I was being sweet to them you know showed them the fish because that's what they asked what I was cooking and um and then I was just like chased them away with the fish's mouth that had teeth and <laughs> I guess the fish had a head on it and then that was it and I have nothing but love for them but I my spirit is like you will learn today I taught every we've dealt with hundreds of children and I've Never had any that I felt like I'd never wanted around, but I feel like I don't know, you know, I don't know. I don't know if they're mean. I feel like she's a little bit of a terrorist and I would like to see some growth. So when she showed up, she was telling my son, well, can you do it? We didn't know what they wanted. They won't let me answer the door. I'm resting is what they told the kids. And so they're just like, she can't come. She's not coming. And so it's just like, okay. The oldest sister is too old to be having to take care of kids. I don't believe in children taking care of children. So the reason I was talking about the Wayans family is because I don't know who had to watch who, but I feel like whatever it was, there's such a peaceful love. You could see it in their faces. They look great. And the second thing is nobody's selling each other out to go get a whole bunch of money. They're happy with the wealth that they got. They don't have to go sell souls to the devil so they can get super money. Like for what? Like what's the kind of ignorance? And so... If you are a person in a family, don't, it's not okay for people to be the crazy one in the family, to be, you know, the church family and you throwing bricks through windows. You don't want to act right. It's a job. Nobody has to be sanctified to be a pastor. Nobody has to be walking in the cross to be a pastor. Nobody has to, or if you're just family, people could be stabbing each other, robbing each other, poisoning their mother for her insurance money. That's what we've seen in our own families. We've seen people, oh, just punch her. If she says anything to you, knock her out. My auntie told her boy friend at my grandmama's house. Like what? No. And so we, when you look at families that have that type of toxicity in them, they, they have too much going on to even continue their great legacy. Nobody should want to be in a family where, and this is what I'm learning from my family. My family was watching me who got a chance to move away after they were getting to stay away from the house and grow up going to their daddy's pretty house and their aunt, grandma's pretty house and their people's pretty house. And I'm stuck on this property with all this horrible, toxic, terrible, terrible stuff going on. And so this stepfather of mine decides he wants to give me a better life and moves us to Miami. And now... I'm just grateful and I'm not thinking I'm better than y'all. I never thought that. So is that what they were thinking when they were leaving and leaving me there? When they were getting Barbie campers and I wasn't? When they were getting toys for Christmas and I wasn't until my stepfather showed up? I mean, I don't know. But what I did learn recently is that they knew about my boat. They knew about my daughter's riding lessons. They knew about all the stuff that we were trying to do. And we were just working class people. Nobody was doing nothing illegal to try. Rory was just working overtime like crazy, trying to take care of the family. I was choosing to not work so I could be there for the kids. So we were willing 
to take a like a lower lifestyle so that we could just be there. We didn't have to have the BMW uh, SUV or the Ray. I'd love to have my Range Rover, but I would rather have healthy kids. And so the, I guess that people are thinking to themselves, well, I don't care because I, all I want is to be able to have these things and they'll be okay. No, things change real fast. And next thing you know, your kids are putting you in the hospital or putting you in an L folks home or treating you poorly because they don't care about you because you didn't care about them. They put you in the old folks house because you were putting them in daycare. You know, um, the weigh-ins father just recently passed away. And so he hung in there. His mom passed away a few years back. And, you know, that's so sad, but she's tired as hell. You know what I mean? Maybe it was just a lot. And even though the kids were making it and everybody got out the projects and she was able to get into a home, maybe, maybe, and don't get upset with me, guys, but maybe seeing her kids in the gay dresses and thinking, you know, that they're wild and doing crazy things. And that's not what I was thinking, you know, but they were getting you out, mom. You know, and so then I just wanted to quickly say, and you know, my people are going to be coming back, so I'm going to have to cut this short, and it's 24 minutes, so I'm going over time, but this is super important. Family, treat your family like family. Don't be the sister that wants to only be the only one with something while everybody, while your other sister's sleeping on the floor in the backyard, and you're the one going and getting this and getting that and got some money. Why would your sister be sleeping on the floor in the backyard? Because she was on drugs at some point? Help her get into rehab. Care. Okay care. It's like when you had to walk your sister across the street and it was a four lane street and you need to walk her, but instead you looked and you said, okay, it sounds, looks good. Go. And then she gets racked by a car. Yeah. Care bitch. And so when I think about love and think about how love looks, love looks like you love your sibling. Love looks like you're going to be 29 years old and you know, your sister's not going to be able to come home for your birthday while, cause she's in college. So you decide you're going to forsake your friends, forsake your party time and go to where she's at and spend time doing go-kart racing and regular games with your sister because you got a chance to spend it with her and her little crazy friends. And you didn't care about her friends. You just wanted to spend it with her. Love like that. Okay. I don't think it's okay that you would, you know, you have a brother, like I met my husband because he was visiting his brother whose wife had just had a baby. And so he's there putting money on the table for them. He's there being a blessing to them, but nobody sent us nothing when we had our kids. Nobody came from out of town to come see our kids because we're not the white ones. I'm not the white wife. I'm not the Puerto Rican wife. Like, I just need to understand exactly. Love properly because the world's on fire because you're on fire. Families are on fire. Shit is on fire because of the way families are finishing each other. And they're big families. And then they're having kids. Imagine kids hating somebody because they didn't treat their kids shitty. Because they weren't living shitty as a mom. They were making your mom look bad. So you want to hate people because you didn't, they didn't mother you the way you were. And then when you got the big house and you thought you was living better, you want to turn on the people who were feeding you and doing great things. Sneak, You know, we had people that were a giant family and yet they had times when they were struggling financially and they, you know, didn't have food in their refrigerator. These multi-people. And we went and over their house, they always kept the door open. So we went and got a bike, a hundred dollars worth of groceries and put it in their house. And you know that they were insulted because it was like we were saying they didn't have it. How about we wish to God somebody would have put groceries in our damn house when we was tight. 
It's just people love wrong. And that's your mama and daddy. If y'all ain't loving right, your mama and daddy, I don't care how churched up. I don't care. If you're not loving right, if you are not loving your sibling right, if you guys are being shady, if you're not being proper, if you're willing to sleep with your sister's man, if your sister is has to be gay in order to know that you're not going to go after every man she takes, or if you can't just love people for who they are, if you going to let your sister sleep on the floor outside between the houses because you don't care, because you don't care, you want to be the only one doing well. Like my cousin called me and he said, oh, I'm a millionaire now. Yes, I'm a millionaire now. Okay, great. And then I never talked to him again. He never called me again. And then when I talked to his mom, she says, oh, you know, he was mad at you because when you got your video, he said you only gave him $100. Listen, when I got my video and I saw him, I'd only had $100 to give him. I didn't have no extra cash yet because I didn't get all my money yet. But at the same time, when y'all getting money, y'all giving me some people are crazy. And it's always that light skin situation where they're just so simply it's in their blood. I don't know, in LA, so color struck that they think they should just be getting everything because of their color. I don't know. I just know where were you when I was needing it? No. Oh my goodness. I'm sorry, angels. So that part. <laughs> um, I got kicked off because um, my offspring was looking for the car in the parking lot because I was sitting in the car. <laughs> you know, I do this thing in the car sometimes, y'all, yeah, most of the time. But um, anyway, my daughter and my husband were inside Home Depot. We brought her back to Philly for school. And so um, I was sitting in the car to my podcast and they were looking for the car couldn't find it so they call seconds before finding it so it was unnecessary <gasps> excuse me oh my god I have a hiccup <laughs> anyway I just want to say on that oh my god I do have the hiccups on that part love your family love them right teach your kids how to love each other don't think it's funny having sibling rivalry teach them to be close to look out for each other to want the best for each other you know teach them that alright um if you don't take anything else from this, just love like you should love, not the way you want to love. All right? Peace.